On this episode of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, we talk about if you should leave your emissions-compliant dirt bike stock or take the emission-compliant stuff off. Also, smaller full-size bikes for kids wanting a full-size dirt bike. And also, adventure bikes for smaller adults. So stay tuned. Taco Moto. So you've heard us talk about Taco Mike on the show. He's been a guest host a few times. Taco Moto Co., that's how you find him on the web, sells a lot of the kind of cool and unique tuning products that you need to get your emissions compliant bike running up to snuff. So if you have questions, he has answers, and he can also sell you the stuff. So if we can't answer the question here, which we hope we can, maybe he can answer the question over there, and he can also sell you the parts that you might need to get your especially KTM or Husky dual sport bike uh, running like a champ. Anyways, it's tacomoto.co. Now here's the show. Welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, Logan. Yeah. What's this? Oh, the show that we talk about dirt bikes and dirt bike related products. That's good. Nice to have you as the uh, co-host here. Um, I was a little worried because we had an issue the other day, a little issue, um, because you were supposed to be here at six. Yeah. Right. And uh, six, no Logan. Seven, no Logan. Yep. I'm like, Matt, did you talk to your assistant to see what he was doing? And uh, he said no. And uh, I'm like, well, you got to check up on him. Like sometimes you need a little prod. And uh, you slept right, right in, right? Um, so here's my side. This is called the Excusatron. Can I wind it up? Yep. Let me wind that up. Yeah, go ahead. So, um, Matt texted me. He said, are you free at six on Friday? And mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm getting ready to go somewhere. And then, so I assumed in the afternoon cause it was like three o'clock. And so... I was like, oh, in the afternoon. So then he texts me, oh, my bad. I meant Monday at 6 a.m. So I just assumed in the afternoon. Because a.m. means the afternoon. A stands for so afternoon. After- M means maybe yeah. for you. Afternoon, maybe you'll show up. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why the world uses a 24-hour clock. Right. Well, Logan, maybe you are destined for military <laughs> where you will have to use those kind of numbers. You know, you'll have yeah. to show up at, a, what, what do we determine it was, uh, 15, 17, something like 17? Oh, 17 for uh, 5 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, 7-5. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining into the show. Um, I hope uh, you like our new studio, if you haven't seen it before. Um. We have a, a little intro thing now, so we clean that mess up, even though we don't even know when we start here, because I was looking at my um, my little screen here, screwing everything up. Uh, we had echoes going on, the usual. We'll, we'll make it worse next time, I'm sure. Uh, so this show is brought to you by... Actually, we're going to have a discussion about who the show is brought to you by. Yeah. Because uh, the, the, the new um, minister of advertising is, is uh, for... Uh, dirt bike test is in our uh, company tonight and uh, we'll we'll um, uh, pull up a throne for him and he will start telling us how we that means me and you are going to get paid our our due diligent host money for doing this show because um like that 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 thing behind us didn't erect itself did it no no 
You want to tell anybody why the one in the middle is a little smaller? So I missed it by... So the thing, while building these, these all three were supposed to be the same size. One, I missed by 10 inches on one side, 10 inches on the other side, and it's spun. Right. It's spun 90 degrees. But we, we spun it 90 degrees because it ended up fitting better afterwards. Yes. Yeah. yes. So you're not going to make it in the construction trades either? Uh, probably not. Okay. So just cut it twice and it was still too short? Um, he, he actually didn't realize that it was too short until like we started assembling. I go, how come this one's smaller? And he, then there was like confusion. It was, it was okay. We made it work. It looks good. It's, it's a, it's Pump a, rack. it's a what? Helmet rack. A helmet rack it's now. A it's a feature. Yeah, yeah. It's designed for this. So hey everybody, thanks for yeah joining in. Um, so we, we have, um, we have segments in the show. Do you, did you, you wrote down all the segments, right? Um, in your show notes that you're going to bring. Yeah. Okay. What's the first segment? Um, Sponsorships and who are they? No, no, we're gonna get oh. that's that's like that's deep discussion. That's later. Mm-hmm. It's it's questions. We're gonna take so at the beginning of the shows now. We're gonna take the questions that go up on the Facebook and the previous shows YouTube. So just so you know, because like at least three of you pay attention out there, out of the like seven that watch this show. Um, hi George. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, we are going to take the questions that are kind of posted before the show because we can print them out, which I did for Logan here, and we'll take those questions. So your questions, if you ask them before the show, will get answered in the front part of the show. And then as we're going, we have all the streams going that sometimes uh, Matt can actually put the streams up and you can see them. And if I were smarter, I would have remembered to have him give me the link so I could see them. Remember how we did that last time? Well, I mean, and uh, I can do this if you want. Oh, that screen? Yeah, if you want that. Do you need that screen? I can actually see oh, I can actually, actually I can actually see that this time. And I can see it here too, so I can do that if I want to check OBS, and I can do that if I want to check chat. Oh, we're still running that horrible screen. Oh yeah. man, I look like I have a disease. Like, do I don't look, do I look healthy out there? I did I did makeup. So I went I went I went to I went to makeup before the show. Is that my cam over there? That's yeah. mine. That's yeah. Cam, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So. Uh, no, no. Oh, you want me to turn here? Hey, hey, say, yeah, say hi, Matt. Hi, it's Matt. That's that's Matt. Let he's, me know if there's issues. Yeah, if there's any technical issues, blame Matt. Um, he's sitting off to the side. We're actually going to put a nice sound barrier up at some point here, so that um, all his clacking and stuff doesn't come through. It's it's a work in progress. This is um, like nobody really told me how to do this. Like, like I've told a million times, this started in a Mexican restaurant. And now uh, we have three cameras, a lot of lights. It's not bad um, for what it started out. It only took 100 shows to figure some of this stuff out. And, um, and now we're going to have segments, like I said. So, Logan, why don't you, uh, why don't you get right to it? I'm going to kill Matt's microphone over there. If you need to talk to Matt, let me know. Should I only do the written ones right now? Do you have any other ones? Oh, well, you can do whatever you want. Remember, you're in charge of asking the questions. And by the way, tonight's episode brought to you by, uh, you can go to my camera here, Hotel California Tequila. Look at this. Um, This is a a pretty bottle is what it is. And the stuff inside actually isn't that bad because everybody's always wanting to know my tequila review. I thought I'd also do this at the front part of the show because usually you know what it turns to do later, right? 
you can't say it. Shit show. Um, so, uh, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's got a really good, uh, beginning, a good medium. And then the finish is a little bit harsh for tequila, but it was a uh, nice looking bottle. Um, I think it's just a rebranded stuff or something like that. So that's what, that's what I'm going to have. Okay. Fire away. Do your job. Cause I'm doing something else. Um, Logan, uh, never could get my clutch to work with two fingers. I could, cannot get it to engage or disengage properly. I ride a race quad. I've always four-fingered it with no inj- issue. I always have the proper grip strength of a chimp. I have the prip. Prip, yeah, prip's what he wrote. Strength of a chimp. That's grip. Is you did good though. You oh. got it. You got it right off the first one. So uh, I noticed. Uh, I'll just uh, comment on this. A couple things. He said Logan, which means you answer the question. Yeah. And he's riding a quad. Mm-hmm. And so I'm now I'm worried about the people, the company you keep. So yeah. you you talk to your you talk to your crowd. Um. Right now. Th- yeah, that's fine to <laughs> use four fingers. What? It's better to work two. It's more advanced. Uh huh. But four is fine for quad riders. I don't know. Or beginners. Beginners. Four fingers for four wheels. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, tell them why. Tell them why. It, I, I would. Okay. Um, I've raced a quad before. <laughs> I'll confess. Oh, <laughs> um. <laughs> You got to you got to hang on tight to those things because they try to they don't they don't tip over but they try to buck you off. It's like mm-hmm. riding a bucking bull, especially you know when they're solid axle and you're going off of jumps that are at weird angles and different things. So um, they're hard, very hard to ride, and you would want to hang on to the grips as much as possible. So when you are doing that, um, you know, whole hand and. And the other thing I'm just going to say, and this this applies to um, quad riders as well, uh, I see a lack of maintenance a lot of times on um, quads, people that ride quads, and on, and a lot of dirt bikes too, actually. And sometimes your cable is so gritty, and it's just there's a lot of stuff wrong with the bike. It's not fluid. So you do have to use your whole hand to pull in a horribly activated clutch. If it's not fluid and lubed up and – and all the stuff, um, it's it's really hard to to grip and pull. So, but you really want to be you know using your two fingers and and so you can hang on to the handlebar. So when that quad tries to buck you off, which is all they try to do, you can still modulate the clutch with your two fingers. Sounds like a better question for my uh, riding schools podcast, which we've started recording. When are you doing your episode, Logan? Um, when the cameras are on. Cameras are on. Is that like AM or PM? Um, whichever one, the opposite one that you say. Afternoon, maybe. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you think, what do you, I mean, grip strength of a chimp shouldn't be riding a quad either. I think it's dirt bike time. Evolve. Evolve from your chimp state to human status and ride a dirt bike. So maybe someday you'll be able to ride a Husaberg 570. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next. Um, Pirate Gurrent. Gurrent. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, that's crazy. 
Kind of like his name. Yeah. I put that, um, you know what I forgot to do? I forgot to go grab the YouTube, all the YouTube comments this yeah. week. That was from YouTube. That's what started it. And I put it there because his name. Perant, per, par, per, P-R, pernit, pernit, goo, goo rung. Pernit, goo rung. How was that? Better than you said it. Yeah. Dude, that's crazy. That's what he said. Um, he said that about the Christini all-wheel drive adventure bike which has south of a million views. And I'm going to do, like I always say, one of these days, I'm going to do the follow-up to that video because um, there's some more explanation needs to be done on that. I mean, people are curious about it. So I wish <laughs> I wish the one that I had still worked because I would go, I have some more video of it doing crazy stuff. Um, but uh, so we can add that and then I can explain some of the, the reasons why that's such an awesome technology for an adventure bike. If you're, Curious, it's just just like your four wheel drive in your truck. You don't drive around four wheel drive all the time, but when you need it, it works. And for an adventure bike, I think that's a very good technology. So um, next, Supermoto Informer. If you combine the power of the KTM three ninety Adventure and YZ two fifty FX, would it make as much as the Husaberg five seventy? Oh, and great job, Logan. Oh, that means you answer the question. Um, I have n- never ridden the Hoosberg 570. Whoa. Really? Nope. Not even around at the school? No. You're chicken. Um, never got handed the the throttle. Okay. Your dad's even ridden it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Man, <laughs> what it must be like to be you. <laughs> <laughs> Not able to ride the Husaberg. Huh? That's such a shame. So yeah, I guess you can't answer that question. Um, let's see. Is it my? Let's see. The power. Let's see. Combined power. The could add. So you have to add KTM three ninety and YZ two fifty FX. Is that with or with with it with or with not a GYTR? G, GYTR, right? Mm-hmm. I, I always get the the numbers. Cylinder head on it. Because people probably want to know about that. It sounds good, right? Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. Um, the combined power of those two bikes, I'm thinking about it. You know, they, 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 on the bottom end, if, even if you combined them both, it still wouldn't be the same. But maybe on top, it's, it's, it, might, it might beat them. Because both those bikes run really good on top. So I take the question seriously. Try to answer them as best as possible. I don't care how stupid they are. What's what's the thing? What's Giphy? What does that mean? Gip Giphy. I think no. Is that somebody's name? Or is that I, something? Oh, oh, you know what? That's a that's a that's a thing that there was a that was an emoji or something that was flashing on the screen and that's what oh. came through. You kids and your questions and your Giphys. <laughs> Next. Uh Tony Ray's um Instagram Supercross is sh- in the street is wild. Supercross in the street is wild. That's why we don't do Instagram. <laughs> what what is it? Is it is it it's a it's a is it the it's a picture of that guy doing a wheelie and he wheelies over the back of the other dude? Is that it's, that's what it is? It's a it's some dumb Instagram video. I mean, here's the problem: is like if you do stupid stuff, your death is now going to be televised and post on Instagram and everywhere. And I, I saw this because I, I would because I. 
cut that off. You know, I cut that off. But it's a dude like doing a, a balance wheelie on the street. He's like a wheelie boys or something like that. And he's kind of going fast. And he actually rides up into the back end of another dude that's just cruising. And so the wheels are going, you know, the, their wheels are kind of, he hit rubber to rubber and his bike shot out from underneath. He literally looped out while doing a wheelie over the top of his bro in his wheelie boys gang. See, um, I think kind of looks like on this one, it's he hit a jump and landing on another dude. Oh, no, no, that's, that's, that's no, it? no, that's it. That's see, cause you, you think about it. He was going, he was, he was at a 12 o'clock, 12 yeah. o'clock wheelie. He's, he's straight up and down mm-hmm. and his tire, the way it's spinning hits the other guys that's spinning and it, it, it gives him an, an extra amount of traction cause rubber yeah. to rubber is better yeah. than rubber to pavement and it picks him up. And then it's it's enough to where it picks him up, and then he grabs traction at the speed of the wheel that's moving because yeah. the ground's not moving. And so it actually throws him down. So it actually, instead of looping out, it picked him up and threw him down. Yeah. So you got to think about the forces there, the, mm-hmm. what what happened. But, he yeah, he was in a 12 o'clock wheel. He hucked. He did like a he, – he ended up flipping. You know, he did, a, he did a flip. But you can do stupid things all over the place. You ready to start doing Supercross, Supermoto, Street Boys, Willie? I tried to get you. To, what was our, <laughs> what was our uh, what was our excuse if you get caught by the police and you're doing a wheelie? Um, you're it's riding not, a unicycle. It's not a motorcycle. Yeah, when the guy says you're doing you're, you're illegal motorcycle, you go no, bro, dude, I'm on a mo- a unicycle. Yeah, <laughs> the front wheel never touches the ground. So we don't do that though. Logan mm-hmm. doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty stoked on this fly that's cruising around in here. I know it's been. Attacking me too. Well, be careful. It could be one of my relatives. Yeah. Okay. Next. That isn't a, a, a slapping a fly is not good podcast. No. Um, Mark Deshane. How about Q and A on V8 Hemis? Oh, jeez. Oh, so Mark is obviously following my personal Facebook dilemmas. Uh, I have a an older truck. I call it the Blue Flame. That. Um, expired last year about this time um it dropped uh a valve seat and it it, it ran for a little while after in, in the process of dropping it so it managed to you know make the piston holier than thou and uh so it's been sitting for a year and i just decided to uh to rebuild it so there's a picture of a pretty <laughs> bunged up <laughs> Uh, Dodge Hemi. So if anybody, I'll throw this out here. If anybody has a good deal on a 2003 to 2005, uh, that'd be the 5.7 uh, V8 with the EGR valve on the uh, right-hand cylinder head side. I'm looking for a motor. I've, yeah, just uh, you know, in my spare time, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna patch that little thing up. So that's it. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Uh, you don't run a junkyard, do you? By the way, <laughs> um, Victor. What mods would you do on a CR250R to make a good light? Single track machine. No, I don't want a KTM or Beta. I am thinking lithium battery with an oversized stator and cooling fan. What else do you recommend? Let, let's, let this snowball of idea begin. So he says CR250R, which is the two-stroke the Honda used to make, because Victor is a Honda guy, I know this. Um, what would I do to make it good and light single-track machine? Um, 
in all honesty, uh, I would try to get one that's pre-1997, uh, so previous to aluminum frames, because you can get on those ones, and I don't know what changed. I think they changed something inside of the ignition. You can get a bigger ignition that will actually charge, to some effect, the lights. Um, and because I actually raced one of those in the 24 hours at Glen Helen, um, the second year they ever had that race, uh, I I got kicked off the Honda team that we wanted on the year before, probably because I didn't want to ride an XR600. No, actually, uh, Johnny got better partners than me, and so I figured, well, we'd do a team and we'd beat him. <laughs> so we took a CR250, which is eh, probably not the best. I, the reason we won it the year before on the XR600, because the bike kept running and we had good lights. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the best bike in the race. But it kept running when all the other best bikes broke. So at the end, it was the best bike. So next year, we did on a CR250. And we actually had a pretty interesting ignition that had um, sort of had a piggyback, um, a stator on the outside of the, the flywheel. It was, a, it was this very complex thing. We had a really big ignition cover that went on. And it basically just burned up. It didn't. We ended up managing to get through with, I think, the the the, the ignition that kept powering the lights was kind of a it was a factory piece. I don't know exactly how we got it. Um, but it was, it was something that, that it was a combination of things they were using over in Europe that the guys that do in the extreme Enduros were using and everything. But really what you should probably do is cause you said you wanted a light bike. I would take a high powered rifle and just shoot it until there's a lot of holes in it and then coast downhill all the time. That's the best thing to do other than, <laughs> paint your KTM red or buy a beta that's already red and put Honda stickers on it. Or you can buy a gas gas that's red and put some Honda stickers on it. Or you can get a Sherco cause they're kind of weird, kind of like Hondas are now and put paint it red and put Honda stickers on it. There's so many better options unless you already have a CR 250. And I don't know what the whole thing with the lights is because, um, it really, if you want lights, just go with a full battery system. Just um, Trevor, you know about this. You you guys seem like you have light problems all the time. You end up running on batteries. Uh, we do it on purpose, actually. You do it on purpose. Okay. <laughs> and have you won before? We have. You have. You've won overalls. No. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, we should talk about this. You should. Yeah. I can I can offer you some advice. Usually, my advice is pretty sage. Next I, question. I think he said light. Like, light, light, like, like lighter, wait, yeah. like, like, wait, that's why you shoot holes in it. Yeah. Nothing lighter than a hole, Logan. Mm-hmm. You'll know this. Nothing lighter than air. Yeah. And when you make a hole, it has a full of air and it's yes. light. I, the guy that, that I, that the guys whose job I took at, at cycle world and then crazy Nate, these two guys, these two guys were, they, they did nothing but drill holes and shit and they could, well, they couldn't tell how it handled because neither of them knew, but they would just drill holes in everything. Actually, you should take a close look at that CR250, CRF250, CF230 that I got back, the one that's half spray painted black. Yeah. Yeah, take a tour around that thing and you saw I some did. too much spare time with the drill bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at least it didn't do the frame that we know of. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I got the light part. That's why I said shoot it. Um, Jimmy, countless thanks. Your advice to try the Michelin Starcross five tires on my 19 WR250F completely transformed the bike. It feels amazing on rocks now. 
Here, I was ready to blow tons of money on suspension revolving. So, I saved him money by telling him to buy a different brand of tire than I recommend? Yeah. Gosh. Okay. The other thing we need to do is is we need to tell everybody that we should get sponsor we should have sponsors on the show even and and here's the here's the deal that if you want to you know because we give really good advice and that's why people listen to the show but if you sponsor the show like um nate at ddc does he's been yeah. a big helper um takamoto takamoto wants to send us slash you money if you ever get your job done i don't know you can start in the am or the pm but the mm. job needs to get done yeah um so and and the reason these guys like this is because they they know that um, we'll give I'll, I'll, we us will always give out the 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 best advice we can, um, regardless of who is sponsoring the show. But um, I will probably only I would probably only take sponsors who I believe in their stuff, so I can say yeah. positive things about what they do. And if they if there's something that's better or something that's comparable or something that's more of a flavor, which tires are tires are a flavor of characteristics and yes some are better than others i mean i can rank some down there and and my rankings tend to um i'm very particular about consistency i I like a consistent um tire one that's you know that i can trust because that's important um and consistency and then durability and stuff like that but um so it shows that that something simple i mean start with the easiest thing is what i always say like let's start with the the best, easiest, basic thing, and then, uh, yeah, I'm glad. Hey, I'm I'm stoked that uh, what was his name? It was which one was that? Uh, oh, you lost that page already. Uh oh, it wasn't Victor. No, you lost Logan. I'm lost too. Countless thanks. It, it's the first. He's the first name on the other page. T- no, it wasn't Tony. It wasn't Victor. No. We lost. It couldn't have been cut off. Whose was it? Is the name down it, below? It was someone from last week's show. Okay. Yeah. Well, sorry, I can't uh, give you a shout out there, uh, buddy, running the Michelin Starcross <laughs> tires on your 19 WR 250F. Um. Yeah. Good. Good. Uh, good on you. And he was ready to blow tons. You can send us tons of money. We should get. Are you doing? Are you on? Um. What's that thing that that they're doing now? Um, uh, no, no, not Patreon. Not what you kids are trying to. It's where you actually do some work. It's called uh, like you make an appearance. You say you, you know you sing them a happy birthday cameo. Yeah, we should get on cameo, Logan. Me and you will do cameos. We will mm-hmm. we'll privately answer your question on cameo. So your the embarrassment that comes from asking that question doesn't go to the world. Um, is there a way how to do that on the the website? I'll have a little button where you push cameo and then like our phone rings and we just go right to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, probably you just, you work on that programming and it can happen. You kids can do anything these days. Yeah. Next. Um, Dan knows, Hey Jimmy, what are your thoughts on removing the pair valve on my 20 Kawasaki KLX 300 R with stock exhaust? Thanks. The pair valve power. It's a 20 Kawasaki KLX 300R. So pair, um, I'm sure, pretty sure this is a emissions requirement thing. I'm almost positive. But I don't know what a pair valve is. Uh, EGR? 
power valve, pair valve. Maybe uh, Dan could clarify that for us in the chat if he's around someplace. Um, but <laughs> so the, the 20 KLX 300R is, and if it has the stock exhaust, pair, think about the typos that could make this happen. Should, should we have a bell over here for when we put Bob to sleep? Should we have a, <laughs> should we have a bell? Like, ding, ding, ding. Yeah, just like, here, yeah, you can just start. Uh, let me just rapid fire that thing. I, I want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This show is so good, we put Mojave Bob to sleep. <laughs> yeah, don't fall asleep. Actually, we, we were kind of hoping he wouldn't show up because think about it. There'd be no adults in this room at all. Yeah. It'd be like a party. Game yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> so don't have a heart attack either. Well, maybe that'd be a good thing. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Um, I, don't know, I don't know what a pair valve is, but it's probably some sort of an exhaust emission sort of thing. And here's the, here is the, the, the plus and minuses of this stuff. They usually don't affect performance at all. There's no, there's no, they're, 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 they're kind of what they're trying to do is they're trying to take the, the 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 vapors that sneak out of your gas tank or if you if you tip the bike over and stuff goes into the charcoal container those valves tend to try to suck that stuff up and have the bike burn it from what i've been told oftentimes the bikes are we can't say jetted anymore but calibrated to expect to have a certain amount of fuel vapor in it so actually by taking those some those things off sometimes you're actually leaning the bikes out Sometimes when you and, – and then so they run lean and they pop. Sometimes when you take them off, you know, then you get an exhaust leak. Sometimes it faults the computer and then the computer goes into a default mode. I'm not familiar specifically with that bike, but I'm not the first guy to go run and take all of the emission stuff off unless I know exactly what it's going to do and what you're going to accomplish. And, you know, now that that bike's fuel injected, I don't know how tight they're controlling a lot of that stuff, how much it relies on the readings that it's getting to – to do stuff, but uh, in the short term, I would ask what what the main purpose, what is the reason you're taking it off, and is it something where you you're gonna you know see some sort of a noticeable increase in whatever you're looking for? Not necessarily power, maybe it's drivability. I don't know. I have I have not ridden that bike, so I can't give you a super accurate answer. But that's my general overall take on that. Um, Christian Gorgon. Greetings from Toronto. Jimmy took my Berg FX450 for an eight-hour enduro ride. Lots of water crossings, four and a half decent dumps halfway through the day. My buddy tells me I'm smoking blue from the engine. So we stopped to investigate, paying particular attention, AR, Seymour. So I'll tell you exactly what that is. Um... So on the Husaberg and a lot of the older uh, KTM's, actually even current KTM's, but not nearly as bad. The there's a breather hose that comes out of the um, out of the valve cover, and it basically transfers that oil into your airbox. So when you tip the bike over, depending on the side, um, you know oil can kind of you know sp- splash. Up, it can run down through the cam where the cam chain goes. A lot of oil can go in there, and then there's extra oil up in the top end, and then then you 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 clean out. It, it blows it into the overflow, which blows it into the airbox, and then it pools up in the airbox, and then and when it gets pulled up enough, sometimes it spills into the engine, 
and you have, it's just like you're pouring oil into your intake tract, which you are. This is probably what's causing after the tip overs for sure. And especially if the bike tips over and keeps running, it's more likely to pump um, some oil in this. This is a real problem um, going down on old KTM RFS bikes when you would go down long, long downhills. All the oil would go up into the front of the motor. It'd come out of the transmission and go up into the front of the motor, and the crank would pump it up, and it would it would go up the cam chain into the valve cover, and just start blowing into the in, into the airbox. And, and if you went down a downhill that was longer than let's say twenty or thirty seconds, um, of a steep you know pretty steep downhill, I used, we used to ride down downhills like that, and it just would start bellowing smoke and then it would like start like loading up too, because there was that much, um, on really steep down there. So that would be that much going in. But this is how I, I learned about that particular. I've not had that happen with my Husaberg except for when I've overfilled the engine. So I've overfilled the engine, um, uh, sometimes, and then it would tip over and then we get back on and, and usually you'd have to be revving it pretty hard to get it to, to go, but that's a, that's always a thing. You know, you should probably understand how your bike is plumbed, for instance, you know, know where you're, you know, when you tip over, depending on the bike, sometimes it just spills out in the ground. Sometimes it spills into an evap canister and all of a sudden your bike doesn't start just like sometimes when your two stroke falls over, it not only spills gas out in the ground with a carburetor, it'll actually leak some into the carburetor and you pick it up and then it drains right into the engine. And that's why they start up better, you know, by holding them wide open. A lot of times in your bike, um, stalls sometimes holding it wide open because that helps clean out the motor you know it depends on the bike fuel injected carbureted how it's plumbed emissions devices no em- emissions devices lots of things like that so um kind of uh kind of good to know but yeah um i would just blame the husaberg and that piddly little 450 it's like you, yeah like <laughs> um justin smith my 14-year-old kid is on a 2007 KTM 200EX. He doesn't weigh very much. XC. XC. He doesn't weigh very much, and even after respringing to 67 Newton meters stock spring and 3.5 Newton meter fork spring, it's still a bit stiff. Too much static sag, too little rider stag. The bigger problem is that he is... He, Seymour. <laughs> Seymour. Uh, I need to see, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to guess what the rest of the question is. Actually, I think I'm going to try to really, I'm going to try to go back right now because this isn't helping me. Um, I'm going to try to go back and see if I can see more about that question. Let's skip to the next one. What does TW Hicks want to know? And I'm going to um, try to find that question. Thoughts on setting up Yamaha T7 for a 5 to 100 pound rider or a different bike. She would like to do some longer adventure type rides prompt to Mohab and her current CRF250X just is not the right machine for it. TIA. A Tenere 700 for a 5 to 200 pound rider? Um... <laughs> uh, KTM watch our video on the KTM 390 adventure at that size um I think I I think the KTM that the bike the KTM 390 that we built 
Isn't this guy local too? T.W. Hicks. I think he's kind uh, of a local. I think he's. Clo- Do you know yeah. who it is? No. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's somehow local. Maybe I don't know who it is, but I don't know. I, mean, I don't really invite anybody, just anybody over. <laughs> but he is a fan of the show. Um, maybe you should reach out. That bike's just sitting around here most of the time. It's not doing a whole lot, but because um, to set up at five two, you're gonna want to lower the bike a little bit. You know, and then it's already kind of low to begin with, and it's you're gonna you're gonna make it so you're gonna make it literally so soft that the bike is just gonna blow through. You know, the half the thing on the adventure bikes they're so heavy you have to spring them to hold the bike up, but they still want them to be supple. And if you start taking the springs away, they get really soft and wallowy, and then they actually get stiff because they they ride down in the strokes. And aside from doing a ton of suspension work involved, you know, revalving to to make it really work you're going to be in a world of hurt at that and that that 390 goes a uh, 105 mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it it's well mine does with me on it video yeah proof. yeah we have video proof um but i mean it goes 70 80 miles an hour when do you need to be going that, i mean that much faster most of the time you're you know in real if you, the way you really want to adventure ride you're just cruising around and doing fun stuff and for that that bike is uh the bike super awesome and even a crf 250l um is another possibility uh or crf 250x is just not the right machine for it oh that's that's obvious yeah not meant to do that um i have got this thing up loaded and so uh tw hicks was is is local he is local yeah he put it in the, in the chat okay so yeah maybe maybe we can maybe maybe we can help him out maybe i don't know i'm kind of scared of people yeah uh, i'm here, oh. you're scared too no, I'm a little taller and a little more weight, and I would take the the stock 390 over the Tenere. And you rode a Tenere, right? When yes. We had it. Yeah. Uh, so. I didn't ride yours, but I rode Johnny's. Oh, I heard. I saw Johnny popped into the the thing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's out of jail now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's good they let him out. He never talks to me anymore. I wouldn't talk to him anyways if he's been to jail like that. Uh. <laughs> Uh, here, the bigger problem is that he has a hell of a head shake. <laughs> this is uh, this is back to uh, Justin Smith's kid. The bike lets you change the fork offset. Should we change it to the more stable offset, or are there other tricks to try? We are waiting for his stabilizer to show up in the mail, which is spendy. Uh, maybe should I should just tell him to eat more. You, Logan, you as a smaller guy, mm-hmm. you used to have a head shake problem on your bikes, right? Yes. Have we fixed that yet? Um. What I did was got a desert tank and stabilizer. Okay. And what did the desert tank do? More weight. More weight on the bike. Yeah. Interesting. And so you actually, you you noticed that. I mean, it made a... Yeah, it made a big enough change. Yeah. Stabilizers help a ton. Um, And and a lot of it could be, like I said, it could be just uh, set up. You didn't tell me how old your 14-year-old kid was. I mean, uh, how much he weighs. (laughs) How old your 14-year-old kid was. Yeah. How much your fourteen year old kid weighs? Because that's the the big thing. I'm guessing. Like, what were you at fourteen? Hundred and ten? Hundred and twenty? Yeah. So you're going to be really. It's just just like this girl. You know, you're just you're just really undersized for the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lucky thing about a regular proper dirt bike is you can suspend them. All, you know, they, they the bike isn't quote that heavy. In the in the rate in the comparison of the package, I mean, sure, compared to that rider, the bike is heavy, but the the bike isn't two and three times 
Well, it is two. It is two times. It's not three times the right weight of the rider. So you can probably get the the proper springs and stock springs on a KTM 200 is are not right for a hundred pound rider. You probably have to go down almost two spring rates in my opinion. At least two in the rear. And and the way I do springs is typically when I move two steps in the rear, I match it with a step in the front. So if I'm going to go usually because you know I have to go two heavier in the rear, then I'll go up one in the front to kind of keep things balanced. Um, and and I think the instability probably comes a little bit, there's three things that cause instability. Uh, number one is the rider. And so the rider is is causing it by being slightly out of balance. And so the, the bike that you turn into, I always call it like it's a pendulum or a weeble wobble. Bike goes one way, you go the other way, and then you both correct, and you both correct, and you both correct. And this is what's causing a lot of the head shake. Um, and then, and the, and the strength of the rider has, you know, stronger riders can kind of lean onto the handlebars or stiffen up on the bike to correct this, which isn't the right thing to do. Uh, the right thing to do is to get balanced and let it go away. Um, it's funny if your bike starts head shaking, if, if your bike's set up properly, you can let go of the handlebars and it'll quit. Uh, if your bike starts head shaking, it's improperly set up. It will huck you. <laughs> uh, this is where steering stabilizer really helps. So, um, I think, you know, steering stabilizer are re- will really help this, but you don't want to start running the steering stabilizer stiff so that it, that affects the, the bike handling. Um, cause I, I know a lot of guys crank their steering stabilizer up and then they go to turn and the bike says, okay, we're going to turn. And you know, you're already committing to turn and the bike's like, you know, dragging behind you. So you can really mess up a bike, uh, with a improperly set up steering stabilizer thinking, oh, I just need you know, to stiffen up the steering and this, this problem will go away. So there's that. You can also play with the handling, um, characteristics of the bike. And this is where you, you're talking about changing the offset to the more stable. I think it's between 20 and 22. I'm not sure. I think that, that you can change the, you can press out the, the stem on the, on the headset, spin it 180 degrees and pop it back in and it'll change the, the offset. On the KTMs, I haven't, me personally, have not noticed that this is that big of a change. In fact, it, it just makes the bike overall everything not work as good when you go from the way the bikes are delivered to whatever you're able to change it to, uh, unless you have some certain character that you would like. And and I haven't found that if you go to what he's calling, and I don't know where it's set at, what he would call the more stable ones, which would be the the more offset. So going from 20 to 22 would, would in theory give you, should give you a slightly longer wheelbase, more stability. And it changes. Does it change the trail? No, no, no. Changing offset. Shouldn't I think about all this stuff. (laughs) I never knew exactly what it did because usually they just do it and you'd say that worked better. It didn't work better, but I do understand the geometry a little bit, but I forget it eludes me right now. So I don't know that that's necessarily the solution. What you can do is try try to see if like taking some sag out of the bike. So let's just say, for instance, right now he's at he's probably at 100. <laughs> he's probably at, no, he's probably at like 60 millimeters of sag or something. Try taking a ton of spring preload out and let the bike sag down, sag down. See if it gets better, or maybe he's at the max, like he's almost got you know no no spring preload. Um, and then and then add some spring preload. 
and see if it gets better or worse. That's probably the easiest thing to do just right away to see if you can change the attitude of the bike and it, and it does make a difference. Sometimes the rider doesn't feel it at all. And, and, uh, and other times they feel it right away. So maybe it's something better done without the rider paying too much attention. Um, but having the right springs on it is the, the, that's where you need to start. You need to start with the, the right springs. If they're too stiff, then especially when, like he said in the beginning, he's not getting the free sag that he needs. And, uh, and so then the bike is just dancey altogether. It never kind of settles down. So, um, hopefully, uh, that, uh, tell him just to eat more. I don't know. That didn't work for me. Eating more does not work in now. <laughs> yeah. I, I added all with the clickers. I added more spring and it helped it a, a little bit. So, so you added spring preload. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. compression. Oh yeah, that's not the oh, okay. So sp- I added a little bit of compression, right? And that, it, it helped slightly, but that's not spring. No. Yeah, it's just compression. Yes. Yeah, that could. I mean, it 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 could make sense. Like sometimes I find that that actually slowing the rebound down. Um, if you would slow the rebound down a lot, that sometimes can help with stability a lot because it keeps it holds the back end down, so it's lower in the back. So that might be another one to try. So um, pretty good. Um, You're awake. You might mention the advantages of a Scott steering damper over others uh, if, he, if he, the, goes to work. he says he's got one on order, so I don't want it if I don't. Um, I've always preferred the Scott's steering stabilizer um, because it has independent high and low speed circuits. And the reason that is better for me is because, like I said, if you if you have a damper that doesn't have high and low speed circuits, if you can only adjust the low speed, which is what everybody feels and what they think is important, um, it will um, it'll slow the handling down of the bike, and it doesn't <laughs> it 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 makes it go straight, but then the bike just doesn't turn, and then you're always you know you're, the bike you never can get harmonious with the bike. You're out of balance. Where the Scott has an, a high speed, so you can run a lot less low speed, and then you can tune the high speed up so that. And this is kind of the frequencies that, that tend to – the head shakes are usually pretty quick and violent. They start with one hit that causes the whole series of things. That eliminates that first hit, so it never never starts. The stability uh, and the head shakes uh, never goes away. So that might work. Yes, Bob? And also free centers. It, free go, it, it goes back to center. That's another thing that uh, most of the dampers these days seem to do this. So free back to center means it damps away when the wheel's turning away from the center. So you're you're going straight, and then you try to turn it away from center. It dampens, and then it goes free back to the center. So inherently, the wheel wants to stay the wants to stay straight. And if it does get knocked out to the side, it doesn't resist you trying to straighten it back up. So uh, yeah, if you um, you want to know more about Scott stabilizers, you should call up Scott's and talk to uh, talk to Steve down there. Tell him Jimmy at Tech Talk Taco Tuesday sent you. He won't know what you're talking about. And if you say Jimmy Lewis, then they will probably hang up on you or charge you double, which is always good. Um, no, they, no, they actually they they if if you called and you mentioned my name, they would probably think you're really smart and that you knew that you you're listening to smart people as opposed to dumb people. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Right. No, I, I thought I meant. Uh, no, I meant that as more like a. You you be giving them more money and helping the industry go that way. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. It, I I get kickbacks. So so use the use the Jimmy code at Scotts for double the price 
and twice the customer service. Just say, Jimmy sent me, and then they will they will help you out. But you got to call them and uh, tell them, uh, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, J- Justin Smith did say it's 12 weeks out. 12, yeah. the damper. Yeah. What kind of damper do you say? Scott didn't say that. He just said Scott's. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. They, they, I can see that they're 12 weeks out because they're good and things are hard to get. Right. Okay, what's our next question, Logan? Um, Justin Smith, or we can just pounder this. Oh, that's the, that's the other Instagram video of the guy doing the flip or something like that. Or we can just ponder this. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is that it? We've gone through the questions? Yeah. As far as you know? Do we get more on the chat? Uh, we got a few more on the chat. Uh, okay. Yeah. And the, uh, let's the let's uh good let's um get uh, let's get Trevor over here real quick. Yeah. Come on down. Come on down, Trevor. So uh, this is uh this will be Trevor Hunter's. He, he believes it's his third appearance on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. It hasn't driven him to drinking yet. Um, I'll give you your your microphone three. You're up there. You're going to have to talk close into that one. So, yeah, let us know what you think of the uh, think of the question answering here. I can answer that last one. Okay, go for it. I like GPR stabilizer. Okay. Does yours valve back to center? Um, yes. It does. So it, it damps away from center and back to center? I believe so. Uh, actually, they have a new one out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure... If it dampens, I think it might, they might have changed it so the new V5 might not dampen back to center. I'm not 100% sure on that. Does it have high and low speed compression? Yes, but it's all one adjuster. Oh. It's really. <laughs> so it has all compression? Yes, I, I think. Yes. Yeah. Do you have to put jets in it or something like that? Or how do you, how do you, how would you, how would you tune the high speed? It's so good. You don't need to tune it. That's. You just run it. You run it. You run it. Sounds like a sponsor to me. <laughs> Sounds, they help me. They help you out. I can't say I've never ridden with anything else, so I don't really know what to compare it to. But I've had good luck with GPR. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, like I said, a lot of things are just flavors. And some people might actually prefer a damper that damps both ways if they're completely out of balance all the time. Yeah. I'm one when, of those guys. When we talk about your riding and I watch you ride, what do I tell you? Uh, there's not much balance going you on. You would go so much faster if you would just focus on this this very basic matt can teach you matt does our beginner classes now matt can take you out and teach you probably more than um more than you would believe well i am a beginner so that's the class for me <laughs> start at 6 a.m uh, yes, i'll be so, there no. starts at 6 6 a.m <laughs> yeah. uh okay um so so my question is do we have any sponsors for this show um we have Jimmy Lewis. Off-road training. Off-road training. Yeah, www.jimmylewisoffroad.com. It's where you can learn to be a better rider. Coming soon, the Better Rider Podcast, where uh, we will give away a nugget on almost every show that we remember to. And a nugget is like some little thing that you can actually go practice that will make you a better rider. But really, it's it's just a big, giant marketing ploy to get you into our new and soon-to-be-released online riding schools that um, will dominate the field of uh, online motorcycle coaching. Just saying. I'll be looking at that one then. Okay. Yeah, you're going to do it online? You don't want to come out here? Uh, no, you kind of scare me a little bit. You need, you need, <laughs> you need, uh, 
You need the in-person coaching, <laughs> I think. Actually, you, if if Matt worked with you for like literally 15 minutes, if you did kind of some of the balance stuff that we do yeah. for about 15 minutes with him and he actually took that and started thinking about it, uh-huh. it would help him a bunch. I'll have my gear on at 5.55 tomorrow morning. Don't tap me. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's coming he's coming out coming on strong. Uh, are you? Oh 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 oh! I I screwed up. Hold on a second. My fat fingers, my fat fingers don't work. Jimmy, oh come on. Uh, okay, so back to the advertising. Um, I guess you could say I advertise with my all my hard work I put into this, you which is non-existent. But I'm here, so we'll count that. I'm, I'm looking for your logo up in the background here. I'm, I'm right here. Oh, in person. Right. Yeah, you're wearing your sponsorship thing. You got your sponsor shirt on there. That's yeah. good. Um, so, Trevor, you 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 went and uh, you went and did a GNCC not too long ago. I did. I did the snowshoe. I think it was two weeks ago now. Um, it's quite the experience. And Jimmy warned me, and it went just as he said it would. Cramps. Lots of cramps, <laughs> lots of losing balance, lots of picking the bike up, um, but it was fun. Um, so you're you're a desert guy. In your world, there's only one district, and it's District 37, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. There's there's nothing outside of that. Nope. And you're just, you're kind of a Grand Prix guy. Grand Prix slash desert slash desert. I mean, tell me how often do you do desert races? Um, I do some best in the desert stuff, which is. Probably the fastest desert racing you can find around here. And then done some national hare and hounds and a couple of district races, but not too many of those. Okay, so um and you ride the 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 lights, the lighter class, whatever that is these days. Yeah, usually I ride the two fifty and then for best in the desert I'm on a four fifty. Two fifty and four fifty. So I'm thinking that uh, when are you moving up? Um, I don't know. My balance lets me move up. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you have to? Do you have to win to move up, or can you just move up? Or where where are we at with this? I mean, actually, if I moved up, I'd probably be doing better because there's not. Oh, not the, as deep so the lower there. class is deeper. The lower class is much deeper. Huh. Yes, because because the, the, there's factory guys in the in the big class. There's yeah. factory guys in your class too. Yeah, there's factory couple, guys in every class. Kind of factory supported guys. That's uh that's pretty amazing. I I'm I never remember there being like really factory Grand Prix guys back when I was racing. There was actually factory desert guys and and then you know each kind of one of the series but never Grand Prix were just kind of something you did sort of for fun um on uh, you know on the on the off weekends. But now it's turned into kind of a kind of a big deal. Yeah, it's a really big deal. Kind of like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got your we got your read. Um I didn't have time to put it <laughs> to put it on the on the show, I'm going to modify that that show intro. It's going to have a lot of good quotes on there. Actually, did uh, did um, did that other donkey ever show up in the chat room? That weird, yeah, that yeah, guy. Yeah. He showed up in the chat. Yeah, he's on your, your personal Facebook. Oh, he's on my personal Facebook. Yeah, yeah, he's not on DBT Facebook. That guy. Um, so he 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 dangled the bait. He said he said he was going to come and be a guest tonight, and then we were going to go to the river tomorrow. And then what does he do? He like pulls out like, oh, dude, I got to go testing tomorrow, like. Like, come on, bud. Yeah, come on, bud. I think about this. Like, you could you could hang out here, do tech talk, and then we could just go to the river. But now you're going to go out. What is it, 114? 
Yeah. 114 and you're going to go out and like pound suspension all day. Like, like, so not factory, like tell them you want to ride when it's only 70 degrees and then just come and hang out as I really want to go. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's no, there's no work and it's like factory ride. That's why you want a factory ride. Cause you just, you get the bitch in this bike. It's just there. It's like ready to go and you don't have to, you just, just get a boat and go to the river. Yeah, I thought you don't have to test factory bikes. No. They're just that good. Yeah, they are that good. Bob, there's a whole bottle, a bucket of beer or something over there. It's like, really? <laughs> yeah. You need it. Like, I, I I could close my eyes and walk over there, and I'd bump into it, and I could end up with two in my hand. <laughs> yeah. So I should call I should call that guy and have him, have him on live on the show. So, okay, back to the sponsorship thing. Um uh, what happened to our uh, our our Honda deal? Um, it's coming soon, I hope. Okay, and then the KTM deal still active? Um, uh, might be active, might not be. Uh, I think it depends on how nice you are to them. KTM powered by a distinct ready to race <laughs> mentality. They are the world's leading high-performance street and off-road motor sport motorcycle manufacturer. I like Logan. I really appreciated that you were ready to go in and cover me because you you saw me blowing it right away. Yeah, because yeah. you never yeah. do, you kind of never do that for me. So I was trying to teach you a little oh. something because it, it it sucks. Over the years, KTM has built a reputation as a fierce competitor on racetracks around the world, and the brand's remarkable global success is. Defined in every product it develops and every move it makes. How many KTMs do I have? Too many. Too many. For you. For me. Yeah, and I have a lot of them. I have been a KTM guy since 1990. So since yeah. they started paying you. Um, That's how you become a guy, right? They just pay you and then you're a guy well, back, for life? Back then, you you literally you'd better be getting paid to be riding one of those things. <laughs> or that's what everybody thought. But my my first KTM 125s were so stinking fast. They it was it was like cheating. And so it's like you're riding a 250F and you're doing everything you can to make your bike faster. Um, we just put the GYTR head on on uh, Trevor's YZ250FX. He's a Yamaha guy by the way. Yeah. And I helped facilitate making him a Yamaha guy because he tried to be a KTM guy because he thought it'd be cool because all the cool guys ride KTMs like me. I wanted to be like Jimmy. But. Yeah. So he tried, but it didn't work out for him. Nope. Just It just didn't fit. So <laughs> so imagine you're doing all this stuff to make your bike faster, and there's this dude that just pulls up on stock bikes, KTMs in my day, and would just smoke you. Like, And it, I wouldn't even have to try because my bike was so fast. Like even the, all the Yamaha and Kawasaki guys, and they were factory guys in the desert at the time. They all they did was protest me because they thought my bike was a cheater, and it was stock. It, it, they were that good back then, and they could have only gotten better until now. And I know they have because look at look at look at who wins Supercrosses. Yeah. What about outdoors? Well, they're taking a break. Yeah, Yamaha yeah. taking a break. Good crew. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to go get a European guy to be able to ride those things, I guess. Whatever it takes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we don't talk about racing here. So, uh, so you did a GNCC. I did. Uh, you're going to do Vegas Torino coming up here. Yep, I got a uh, yeah Vegas Torino. You gonna guys going to ride some dual sport tire? Um, maybe. Have you guys been testing tires? Not since we started running that dual sport tire. We don't need to anymore. <laughs> you have did you, did did the guy that beat you run a dual sport tire? 
He had a rally tire, whatever that means. Right. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but he had a rally tire. Yeah, you should get you should get you should get something that works. I would run a Kenda Parker DT. I know you guys have tried it, but if you just learn to shift and quit revving the piss out of that thing and get some traction, you would go a lot faster. We're not talking about racing; we're talking about riding right now. But we want to sound fast in front of the, <laughs> the spectators. Well, then don't slide off the side of the road and come in nice and straight on your brakes and then set the bike up for the turn. Don't skid into the turn, waste time, spin all the way out, shoot rocks all over the photographer, meaning me, Trevor. That's right. I got it on video, I think. I don't know if it's on video or the camera. I showed you the picture, right? I got the picture. Yeah. You could see it, right? Yeah. Wheels are out of line. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was on purpose, though. Old Rick Dog was straight up. Just he was, he was on the brakes nice and straight. He was done braking while you were still skidding, and then he was on the gas while you're going trying to... Con- Pick the bike back up. Is that why he beat us? No, he beat you because he was riding a factory Honda rally bike and he didn't have to stop for gas. You know that. I knew it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's it had nothing to do with riding skill or ability. None. none it's zero. It's, it's he had better pits, better tires. Like there's no there. You should make you. I you see how you wind up the excuse to Tron just like Logan did at the beginning of the show. I will say he did a pretty good pit. I was a little jealous. <laughs> My dad and Kurt they uh, they failed us compared to Johnny, Johnny and the Honda guys. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a uh, at that level everything's a team effort. But it does it, that's a cool thing about the motorcycles. Once you're the guy on the bike, you're the guy on the bike, and 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 you play a much bigger part. You have way more time to to do stupid stuff, throw it away, not do your job, and and uh, you know. And then, but it does come down to like you know, if your if your pit crew screws up, then the good thing is then you can just blame them. Yeah, we'll just blame them. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh no way, Sal's on here. Sal, uh, and I would have a hard time pronouncing his name mm-hmm. completely. This, this is what's cool about Sal. He was a factory Mako mechanic back in the day. Really? Which is gnarly. Like, Makos were the bikes. Like, they're, they're the Husabergs for me. Like, if I talk about a Husaberg all the time, like, the, Sal was working on these factory bikes that were the bikes that I wanted to have a chance to. Uh, they would have beat your 90s uh, KTMs. Well, they were before that. Oh, it, it, I, I never really got a chance. I still have not ridden the 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 Mako. I don't know if I want to ride like the like the Sand Spider or the one the generation just before it. Or everybody tells me I should ride the Twin Shock, um, but uh, they're th- that's just they had a sound. You know, they were they were known for big horsepower and my you know some of the guys on my rally team worked at mako back and they were german guys that worked at mako back in the day so but um yeah sal sal was actually at ktm when i had my first factory ride there were at ktm north ktm north america at the san diego offices there were three people <laughs> it was it was sal scott harden and tom moen <laughs> that was kind of that was kind of it there you know so um anyways uh no it's interesting to see who's uh who's popping up there <laughs> so see right, yeah. he, he, have, have, a, have a little have a little bit of history there but he was he was the business he was working on the business and he's he's very involved in ktm's business and has wow. been for a long long time but um such a uh, has interesting really interesting stories and and uh, it's it i mean i'm just lucky from all the different people i've met in the industry and i hope someday trevor that you just look over at me and you think the same I've met you, so my life's complete. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're still working on a relationship because you need to start bringing some of this uh, advertising money to the table here. This table specifically, I want it brought in in bags, like of cash. Should we talk about motorcycles? 
That because I want to buy more motorcycles. But money is better. Well, no, it'll it'll get transferred straight into motorcycles. Actually, I'll probably give most of it away to you clowns. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay. Um, what other? Did you have? Did you have some questions for me? Did I? You, so you were asking. So when we were, we were so Trevor is um more mechanical than Matt, um, which isn't isn't saying a, a ton. Yeah, that's uh, that's not hard. So so Matt and Matt has a Husaberg, by the way. Matt owns a Husaberg. Wow. Yeah, he has a three hundred. He bought it from Mojave Bob. He uh, blue crew, blue crew. So <laughs> blues blue. No, Bob actually like he knew the thing was on its way out, so that's why he sold it to you. Because he sells, he does this to me all the time. He'll he's like, hey Jimmy, I got a bike. I'll give you a good price on it. And then and like I spend two years unbobbing the bike. Like it's it's amazing what like little things he can get into. On the bike, so I have no idea. You know, I'm pretty sure 80 percent of your mechanical problems were in were from were, Bob. From Bob, yeah. Yeah. But um, I mean, idea. the fact <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you still struggle with the air filter oiling equation. No, because I was used to the uh, the spray on one, and I've always cleaned it with like just the air filter cleaner. I never you, I've never done like the gas technique that you did. Okay. Yeah. Gas. Yeah. 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 Or yeah, we used yeah, gasoline yes. a couple times. I use gas every time. Yeah, I know it's I know it's pretty common. Are you guys serious? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, we made I made him wear gloves. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I've always I was always. Hey, used we need to we needed it. something to light the bonfire afterwards. Yeah, okay. Buy solvent. Oh yeah. Not in California. <laughs> yes, you can. No, it's, not, it's, it's not solvent. Anyways, it was the closest thing we had, but that that's that's a whole different that's a whole different story. Like even there's oil changing was kind of difficult sometimes. Only on four stroke. You should research. You should research um, the uh, the the YZ125 build that you did. Yeah, yeah. And I I, I made multiple mess ups uh, in the process. But it's it's I, a I it, it it's a really good learning experience, especially yeah, you know. So let's just say you 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 know it, <laughs> you know what it's really good at. It's really good at telling you what you're going to be in for when you buy that bike in a basket. Yeah. <laughs> like like what it's going to cost. And and I saw Matt bought the bike. You bought that from John, didn't you? I bought it from Big John. Yeah, he so actually gave me a good deal. That's on why it. the guy's in jail. That's 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 why the guy is literally is literally in jail. Yeah, you didn't know this? No, what did he do? Secret. It's a top oh. secret. So is he, actually? he won't call me. Anyways, um he got only got one call and he didn't he didn't use the call. So um the self promote my article. The so yeah, self from yeah, put it up on the chat board or something like that. Yeah. Can't you do that? Look at he's yeah. he's going to work right now. Um, it, this, it's about me. Suddenly, I won't, I, I'm more engaged. <laughs> <laughs> Quit stealing the limelight. I not, the, see these lights have not turned over to you, and you don't have your own camera. I don't, I don't need my own camera because everyone would just want to look at me. <laughs> Heather said, "Better living through chemicals," because I always say that too. Yeah, I usually I usually use that to refer to energy drinks, but. Um, this at this point, you know, gasoline must have made the job easier for mm. the thing. So, um, but it's a it's a good reason, like sometimes, why you don't buy a, a basket case motorcycle because it ends up being way more expensive than you think think it should yeah. be. And the sucker that sold it to you, like you think you got a good deal, and he's laughing all the way to the bank. So uh, he didn't get he didn't get much money off of it. <laughs> and I, I I wanted the uh, I wanted the experience of building a bike from the ground up. You're just you're just making excuses now. <laughs> What's well, the excuse? I wanted to learn. 
<laughs> I, I did feel bad though because um, I remember in the last article he actually get the he did the photos for me, and I forgot to credit him in the in the photos. Oh, for, in the article. So sorry about that, John. Uh, were the were the photos? Did I say they were horrible? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you, <laughs> don't, you actually didn't look at the last one. Scott looked uh, helped me with the last article. Oh, I yeah, I must yeah. have been buried right there. When are you going to do a bike in the box, Logan? Um, when your dad kicks you out of the house? Yeah. When's that, 18? Yeah, probably. Probably? And, like, get in the boot. Mm. Yeah. Because he, he did, we did talk about, like, you know, you're getting your last bike pretty soon. Yeah. Have you decided what it is yet? Um, probably KTM 300. Or... <laughs> Wrong answer. <laughs> I should be a, oh, a, KT, a KTM 300 or? 250. Or 250. No, two stroke. Right. Yeah. Little Logan. How much do you weigh? 125. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, you need, I think you need a TTR 125. <laughs> <laughs> Something like this. Oh, don't do him like that. He's better than that. Uh, he's an instructor. Anyways, yeah. He, no, he's fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. Huh? He... he he rides it like a girl, so it's okay. <laughs> you know, he could probably teach Hunter, too. Or uh, Trevor. Trevor? Yeah, Trevor Hunter. Oh, you want to come over tomorrow? Trevor said he'll be ready for you at 5.30. A.M. 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 <laughs> that means afternoon, maybe, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what you'll get from him. I'm not kidding. <laughs> uh, okay. What? Uh, so so we still haven't made any um, any uh, resolutions. Uh so Sal actually gives us some good advice. Air filters should be soaked from the inside out, not outside. So the filter can be oiled evenly. And I should know this. Hey, I I raced in the desert. I never sucked dirt in any quantity that ever stopped me from finishing a race. So I'm I'm pretty pretty good with that. I actually with with all the bikes that we have, <laughs> don't get me started on the last guy that used to work here that right after I put a fresh top in <laughs> in the in the KTM five hundred. Um, yeah, the oil filter was not, the foil was not, you're not the only one in town that can do it wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, if, right around the grommet, there was absolutely no oil whatsoever. It looked like it was oiled okay. No oil there and sand right in. So a uh, failed top end uh, longevity test. That's the cylinder we dropped off. Oh. So you remember the one we took to yeah. Custom Craft in Vegas? Yeah. So we're hopefully sometime soon I'll get a new re a sold cylinder back. But it still ran for another hundred and. 30 hours or something but it started making some loud ticky 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 noises that i don't like so um okay let's go back to our next uh section of questions i think uh yeah so logan logan's got him the look at this we got some new technologies here some communications that i suggested and these guys made happen actually i i would like to thank my sponsors today um my team around me uh like to thank trevor so uh you should probably go watch the uh, KTM 390 video that Trevor, he did all of putting the links in the video. So when you watch the video, it does fancy stuff. But more important than that, Matt over here edited that all together. So My in, first in, video. his first video and his first, uh, you were, you were not first time photo modeling, but you were, you were the rider in there. And I made, I made him ride like a beginner. Yep. Yep. And I, I'm really good at looking like a beginner. But you're not a you're not a beginner. But I said, yeah. look, sit down and look yeah, like yeah. a beginner. So Matt faked the beginner scenes, um, but pretty good. Uh, good information on the the uh, long term 
390 Adventure where we did a bunch of modifications and uh, it's no longer a beginner bike. So um, check that out. Uh, share it with your friends. Um, that was good. Uh, Logan showed up about 15 minutes before the show started. Or is it 20? Um, 19. 19, right. Yeah. He uh, he missed out yesterday, on yesterday's things, but you did... What, what did you... You did... Some, oh, you started half of the bikes. Yeah. Well, how come only half? Um... Was it too hot? Tire. Switched out the tire. Oh, because you changed the tire. Yeah. First time? Unassisted? No. No, you've done tire before. Yeah. Here. Yeah. You took the bike tire wheel off the bike, and I didn't have to do anything, and it got back on all. Because this one, all I did was patch the tube, which is like, Mm -hmm. I didn't say that I actually patched the tube. (laughs) We're like out of 16-inch tubes. And uh, so problem. So, okay, so good. You, you got that done. I, I, I forget, you know, I forget this. You got to remind me sometimes. So that's good. But otherwise, all the bikes would have got started. Um, Probably. Probably. And Matt instructed you on how to do that right. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. I, I'm trying to figure out how this thing, wor- how it works around here. Because we need an adult supervision at some point because it's not working. Um. Okay, and then uh, yeah, so it, uh, everybody's been helping out uh, getting this thing. These and between Matt and Logan, they've been testing all these cameras and making things work, and it seems like it's working out pretty good. Yeah, I think the audio is a lot better this time. I haven't noticed it being out of sync yet. Uh, chat if you do notice, just let me know. But right. uh, I think Logan and I, uh, we were just out here grinding away at it, grinding away. It. Yeah, yeah. And what was I doing? Laying in the pool? I think uh. you were working on your truck. Working on my truck. No, he's laying in the pool. I saw him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay, next question. Um, John Jackson, British YouTuber 999 Laser is putting a 700cc two-stroke in a Husaberg chassis. Is the Scarit Ligulus or add to the legend of the... (laughs) The Husaberg. So. Super. No. I don't, I don't remember. I, so I rode, so the 700cc motor he's getting is like some former Mako guys kind of started up a company and actually they had them over here. ATK actually was buying these. They had like 640 and 680 and 700cc, 710, two stroke motors. And I remember that somehow they, they kind of came from Mako and I don't, (laughs) I don't know if I coined this or whatever. It was just a mistake is what this was. There's a certain size that a two-stroke just starts, you know, when, when you get to big displacement in a single cylinder. And, I mean, I have to be careful when I'm saying this because some of these go, well, you've seen how big those diesel ship motors are. There's a certain size when if you're expecting a, quote, high-performance two-stroke, you start getting out of that range. You just can't – it just doesn't – it just doesn't work. And I'm guessing that that's around 350 cc's in a two-stroke from my experience. This is just in riding all different displacement two-strokes. Two-strokes seems to function as they get smaller and smaller and smaller. They seem to make higher and higher power numbers and stuff. And I think it has to do with RPM. And when you start getting these bigger ones, they don't want to rev. And having ridden the 700 and the 680 and the 650, two different ones. Well, first of all, they're horrible to start. Horrible, horrible to start. And he's putting it into a Husaberg chassis? Is that what he says? Yeah. He needs to turn the thing upside down or point it the wrong direction, and then it would be a then it would be a marvel. 
I mean, that's the chassis is kind of designed to house a motor that's in an in an awkward direction, um, which is great if it's seventy degrees and it's a four stroke and it's like kind of like a MotoGP bike on the dirt, which is what a Husaberg is like if it's a five seventy. By the way, yep, there we go. Um, but uh, what do I think of this uh, Mistako? Yeah, full. <laughs> Full straight up mistake. It, and it it better fucking be an electric start. Excuse my <laughs> French. Yeah. The motor he's talking about is a sidecar motor. The side there. So what's the name of the company? Wasp or something like that that does the sidecars? Well, it's, it's been a series of companies that that have taken that that design and just keep making it. I wish I had a buzzer that just said. Bzzz. <laughs> no. For for a sidecar, you're just talking a lot of torque, and they're probably just shifting it really quick, right. and with. Imagine, okay, so that's like almost as bad as doing a quad. You have one less wheel, which is like three wheeling. That's a good feeling. Um, it, it's I, coffee can piston and the giant rod and the giant crankhead and the crank throws. That so it has it has inertial it has inertial torque that helps yeah. with some stuff. Yeah, I remember the, the the good ones were always 500 cc's, but maybe they they now they found how to make those things work better. So yeah. Um, good luck. <laughs> you're gonna have a you're gonna have an ill handling machine for sure. Uh, okay, John Cobb. You know he he was one of my old bosses at um, at Dirt Rider. Oh really? Yeah, one of the guys that like through the transitions of of things. John always really. Um, uh, wanted the best for everything because i'm sure it meant bonuses and a better bottom line in his world and and he actually gave me a a fair amount of freedom uh compared to some of my other bosses that (laughs) had me on a choke chain sometimes uh but uh yeah it was always interesting to see these guys that understood the magazine world you know they they knew publishing and different things and then they'd come and and we were so enthusiast media and such a core niche enthusiasts you know and and i i know my audience i know our audience because i'm one of them and and that that's that's why i can relate to you a little bit and like ham he's already checking out t-shirts he's gonna buy he's probably trying to buy a pulp mx t-shirt right now <laughs> no this is the, the the guy he's talking about oh jesus he's not doing it in that husaberg <laughs> he cut the frame to- well no that's the old so that okay and i can put it in yeah logan share that and he'll throw it up in the chat <laughs> holy moly okay so he's doing it in the last swedish husaberg oh. but it was kind of like it was kind of like ktm had a little bit of grasp on them at the time and and but they still hadn't integrated any of the, the stuff ktm had learned so 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 if anybody wants to know the story, um, KTM bought Husaberg for their four-stroke technology. They Husaberg in God, when 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 Husky got sold, the four-stroke guys went and started Husaberg. That's what Husaberg was. It was four-stroke force. It's all about they were onto something with their four-strokes, which is completely ridiculous because there's no way a four-stroke can be as good as a two-stroke. We we know this. This yes. has been proven. Fact. Yeah. One twenty-five is always the best. Yeah, HC Yamaha released. We, we just go off the rails here. So let's get back to the Husaberg. <laughs> we'll talk about the YZ125. Uh, we should. Um, the 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 Husaberg. The, the, so so they 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 took them to get the 
um, the four-stroke technology. It was mostly in the cylinder head, and it was it was just they they were they were running the the water pump off the camshaft, and they had some valve train stuff that was that was really good. And it was it was essentially the lightweight four-stroke that instead of like copying rip them off, we'll just buy them. And they got some of the engineers. Um, you know, when KTM bought them, they got some of the engineers and they said, oh, we'll let you do some goofy projects here and you can have a way bigger budget than you have working out of your garage. But we'll take this. And they, they basically took that Husaberg stuff, kind of spun the cylinder head around to a different direction and 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 did stuff. I'm really butchering this story. But so so that bike, so when that bike at the 650cc displacement, like I talk about the 570 a lot. But I kid you not, that Husaberg 650, what that bike started, probably started life as. I mean, they made four. They were all the same chassis. They made 350s and whatever. But um, it, it, so the KTM RFS bikes weren't that bad, but they did have some stuff that was wrong with them. Everything that's wrong with because that has the PDS suspension that, that still runs up the, 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 the chassis up a little bit different and everything but uh yeah good time that guy's gonna have a great time he's not even using like man, that's probably better than using at least it fits in there it would not fit in the current one because the gas tank is where where's he gonna put the exhaust pipe it should do a 360 over the top of the seat so you can cradle that giant exhaust pipe yeah there's no exhaust in it no it's kind of brand new but yeah that's that that's the old <laughs> that's the old mako mistake motor. <laughs> i'm about to put the the image in chat awesome so is that frame cut? Yeah, it's cut. Okay, yeah. I think that's for the um, exhaust. Oh well, he's got he's got to figure out where to put his engine mounts and stuff like that. Yeah, but um, they were those. You know, we we got we had one. I we had one as a long term bike, and I me tell you what, the motor was magical. Like all Husaberg motors, wasn't very wasn't as dur- durable as um, it should have been. There was lots of uh, like water pump seal leaks and things, but we got we got over a hundred hours on it and rode it hard and. Did stuff like that. So, um, oh, here we go. Sal's going to tell Mako stories on the chat. This yeah. is why. This is why um, you want to be involved in some of our. Do we share the restream chat somehow, or is it is it easy for people to get a hold of that? Or you can actually put it up on the screen. Sometimes. I can put it on OBS, but it was just I, we never found a good spot for it right. with the cameras. So I just kind of kept it. I kept it off for this uh, tech talk. Right. Yeah, we we should we should share the link for the for that chat would be a good thing to put up there so people could check that out. So, um, anyways, we're learning. We're gonna make this better. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, YZ125. But let's talk about your cylinder head. So this is this is the thing. That, this is the learning experience we we're gonna have here. That was like twenty minutes ago, but yeah, I remember everything. Like I'm like a what remembers everything? Google. Okay. Google. Yeah, Google yeah. lost everything I owned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for for about twelve days, then they recovered. It was found in India. <laughs> Imagine. <that. laughs> uh, now I'm going to get banned. Uh, <laughs> um, so Trevor was kind of hovering around while we're putting. He he got the explain what we got. Um. Yeah. So Yamaha, they gave us. Uh, we've had our YZ250FX for. A little over a year now, and we've been racing it and riding it a bunch. Um, and it's kind of getting ready for a rebuild. 80 hours. Yeah, around 80 hours. Um, no top-end changes, no valves or nothing. Uh, so it's getting time for a rebuild, and Yamaha wanted us to test their 
GYTR high performance cylinder head. And so that's what we got. And uh, we put a fresh top end in it and then put that, that head on there um, today, actually. And so Trevor was, you know, like, like I said, Trevor is a little scared of the engine internals. Very. And there's nothing to them. It's, it's, it's pretty easy, actually. It is. And I don't know why I have to keep, he, well, he's just scared. So it's probably better, you know, safe and sorry. Although my last rebuild on your bike, it didn't necessarily go all that well. No. From what we understand. No, it did not. But we, I never saw it after I rebuilt it and then the circlip came out. So it's it's really hard to, you know, assess the blame because I'm sure just the fact that, you know, his dad was near the bike at some point or another, that's why the circlip came out. I think um, he rode it on the parking lot once. So there been 100%, 100% on him. Um, even though I installed them and I was pretty sure we did str- I mean, those were tough circlips to get in. I remember it was pretty tough and I was never concerned about it, but the fact that it broke, I mean, we could have bent it a little bit too much, but here, here and there, but anyway, Trevor's kind of like, you know, watching, trying to learn some of the different techniques. And I'm a, I'm a hack mechanic. I will always say this. I, I can get stuff done. Um, it isn't necessarily pretty. Um, uh, uh, you know, I don't have the most killer set of tools. I, I have a very good set of tools and most of the stuff that I need, but he was asking me, "Hey, what are some of the tips that <laughs> that we can that, that, that I can show people or something like that?" I'm like, oh, "Don't don't shoot pictures." <laughs> and and um, uh, because some of the stuff you'll just look at and you go, "That's not." It's so easy to say that's not exactly how you do it, but it's exactly how I do it. And out of all the bikes that that I have, all the race bikes that I've built and all the stuff, I mean, the majority of it runs and the failures that I have are generally not related to what I'm doing. You know, I'm not super picky about making sure everything's super polished, clean. I'm not using the Dave Chase, you know, the DCC method of perfection. Uh, You know, I don't have to use the exact proper tools. All the stuff that I was taught, I I kind of... um, we call it blended. I'm like a fine blended whiskey. Uh, you know, that, that I've taken the best from everybody and assembled it into one, except like if you were to go to a really nice restaurant, generally you have to wait a long time. I'm like, you're going to get the best stuff, but at a fast food restaurant, <laughs> you know, you just pull up to the order thing and, and I just bang it out. Uh, so making sausage? sausage, I could be making sausage. I don't know. Trevor said the bike started. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. So take take all the best stuff, you know, homogenize it into 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 you know, make it work and, and get it done. So we we were talking about interesting things like he's like, Well, what kind of tips? You know, because he wants to give you, the viewers and stuff, different kind of tips. And I'm like, Well, you kind of don't want to say this because there's ten other ways to do it, and then there's five other ways to do this and that. But you notice when we started getting technical with things like torque wrench, what happened? We went by the book. Torque wrench came out. We went by the book. When right. I got confused, what did I ask for? The book. The reference manual. The manual. The manual. What did it say? Um, and and because that's the go-to default that always seems to work. And there's other times when I when the book will tell you one thing. Like I was, I, frankly, I was I was, and you saw me how to back extrapolating the torquing of the cylinder head on the YZ250. They they tell you to go to sixty, take it back to, uh, no, I'm sorry, I don't know. I'm, don't get me all right in the numbers, but they said take it to what. 50, uh, 30, 30 foot pounds, newton meters, newton meters. Oh, whatever. So don't worry about the numbers here, but take it to 30, back it off to 15, crank the bolt 60 degrees. Then do that with the next one. No, no, you took them, you took them all to 
You took them all to one of the all all the all the fifteen, all the sixty, then back them off one at a time to fifteen, and then back and then back sixty degrees, and then and then so you do that with all of them, and then you take another sixty degrees more. It was a very it was like you're torquing the head on a caterpillar diesel motor. Have you ever had to do that on a Honda? Um, the Honda Honda does not have that detailed of they have steps on torquing sometimes. Right, but, but that, that, that sounds like they've got a warping problem in the case or the bottom of the cylinder. Well, the motors these days, Bob, are so light. They're, they're really working on making things light, and maybe the cylinder, you know, is, is not, you know, because it's, you know, the studs are dropping down all the way to the case, and they're not really holding the cylinder. Well, I mean, that's there's, an airplane-level technology for right, dirt people. Right, airplane is because of... Durability, they, they can't fail, right? Yeah, these things like, yeah, yeah, well, they can fail a little bit, but it's just you know, so 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 the, the, the answer is if you want to do it right, do it by the manual, read, learn how to do it by the manual. But when we were doing this, you notice I kept going, Well, what's the torque we're trying to arrive at? Like, what's the actual torque? I understand these steps, but I kind of wanted to, I was like, kind of maybe trying to think of a is there a quicker way to do this? Is there a more mm-hmm. efficient way to do this? Because it was kind of confusing. Um, and then uh, and then we did make a mistake, we actually. When I when I put it back together, I I um I had it all timed, and then just when we were kind of trying to set it up, I actually rotated before I put the cam chain tensioner. I rotated it backwards, and it jumped. And when it jumped, I told him, I said, "Guy, I think it jumped." And so, but anyways, I I wasn't sure, and we put the cam chain tensioner in, and I looked, I kind of glanced at it quickly. Okay, it's still on. It it, it had jumped, but we spun it over slowly, and oh, click, click. You know, it's like okay. What's the problem? And it's like I oh you remember when I said it jumped? It jumped, you know. And so we went back and you know did it. But this is this is what happens with with uh, anything like that. You know, there's you just you kind of go through the steps, even to the point where we're setting the rings on the piston. And I've been taught many different ways uh, to do this. I've watched you know lots of different really good race mechanics do it, and everybody has their own little secret and all this other stuff. And and even when we were looking at the GYTR head, which is a ported, it comes as a ported cylinder head from Yamaha. It's probably CNC machine. And it's funny because you look in there and all the stuff, you want to see this perfect shiny, like all this finish and stuff like that. And I know, look past that. That's not what really does the work. It's it's where the valve seat you know, contacts the valve. That's where the horsepower is down at the bottom. So that's why I kept shining that light down there. I wanted to see the difference between the, the stock one. And yeah, they've done they've done some work in there. Was it the way that I was taught was the most horsepower-making way? No, but it's the way that makes horsepower, and it will last a long time. Mm-hmm. I know this. The way that I know how to make a lot of horsepower lasts, I think, six hours on a current head. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's expensive, but it works, uh, you know, if you want to you know, hack your head like this. So in – and in reality, when we start talking about the, the the dirt bikes, and this is why I want to go out because I have the WR250, which is now converted over to a YZ250FX, basically, because the motors are the same and ours is stock. We have the competition ECU, which still trying to develop some maps for. Thanks to Logan for letting me have the muffler off his YZ250. And so we can go do some roll-on. So now we can do some mm-hmm. back-to-back to see if, if that thing is a roll-on is essentially like a dyno. We'll just go out and do them, you know. At a at a undisclosed location where I have a I have a drag strip, um, it's totally legal to go drag stripping, 
and we'll see what it does. So that's what we'll probably do at like 6.45 after you're done with your balance training. Perfect. Yeah. So what do you think of the new YZ125? Um, Looks-wise, I'm a little undecided, but I'm excited that they changed something. Hopefully they didn't. Hopefully it's better. Um, I thought it was pretty good before. I wasn't really looking for any changes, but it's interesting that they did something after so long with no no changes. Did, does it look like they did much? It looks like the same bottom end, right? Uh, I believe the cases are different. The rod is different. Um, cylinder, piston, all that they said has changed. Yeah. I believe. I mean, you could easily slap a whole different top end on it and probably get a slightly different power character, but... Um, I know the V-Force reads will help because that's yep. something that's a mod I've done on my YZ125s and been very happy with. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, excited to ride it. I hope you stay in good graces with them, and I get to be your test rider at the YZ125 intro because I have probably in my lifetime more YZ125 time than 99.995% of the world. I hope to be there one day. Yeah. Yeah. That's I used weird. to race those things. And then I got a KTM factory ride and it was all over after that. I'm like <laughs> I clicked that thing into sixth gear, which YZs didn't have at the time. And just like, see ya. They got them now. So yeah. Just KTM. Saying. Powered by a distinct ready to race mentality. <laughs> Blue crew. Victory zone. <laughs> okay. Are you, have you talked to them about getting paid to say that? Uh, I have not. That's yeah. one of my shortcomings. Right. We need to work on cheap. this. And if you didn't pay for your ad in our damn digital magazine, the one and done digital magazine, get on it. Yes. Uh, Logan, do we have more questions? Uh, yeah. Okay. Because we're running long at the tooth, but that's normal. I'm on my second beer. This is crazy. Crazy time. Um, John Jackson. Cruft Moto Plush tank for the WP air fork allows you to change the air spring rate with a flick of a switch. Is this the beginning of semi-active suspension for all road off-road competition or is it a rehashed gimmick that could upset the rear slash rear suspension balance oh boy uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so this is a brand new thing that craft moto by the way craft um please send my shock back <laughs> uh, i know it's great I know. I need to call. I need to call them. They're 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 working really hard, but I I'm yeah. picky. Um, um, so that's <laughs> is it beginning of sending out semi active suspension? No. So it's okay. Um, I want it, It's not a rehashed gimmick. It's a it's a rehashed technology that actually works. This is something that God. There was a few different companies, and this was pre Air Fork because they're doing it with the Air Fork. Um, it was pre-air fork that they had cart, you know, um, cartridges, and you saw it on factory bikes sometimes. And I don't think the I think the factory bikes were using it to get extra air volume, and they were doing some other stuff inside of them. But they were just simple um, air tanks that that you would you would be able to uh, bleed off the the pressure on, you know, very simply, or or have some additional pressure in, inside of there. And what Kreft is doing is sort of like. Um, they're allowing you to to store a certain amount of pressure inside of the air tank and make the fork actually have less pressure. And then, if you want it to go back in, you can go back in. So you can it, you can do essentially two different fork pressures, which is like having two different spring rates. Um, and it, it's not a gimmick. It's actually it's actually 
really cool. I remember I'm trying to think of the company. It was TBT suspension or someone had had these. I still have the air tanks, and I always say if I ever really start riding a single bike, because the problem is once I put those those air tanks on, and this is a conventional forked bike, and I was putting them on um, KTM's with the with the open cartridge fork. Once you put it on there and you start getting used to using it, it's it's really good, and then you 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 wish you had it on every other bike once you know exactly what it does and how it, how it reacts. So I think this is a, it's a good, um, it's something good. And especially if you're, if you're riding in a lot of varied conditions. And for me, it was like, we would go like kind of ride like extreme enduro stuff up in the mountains. Then we drop down in the desert and you get into hoops and I could have, you know, essentially two different, two different fork settings. And what the, the old tanks did is when you put them on it, it allowed the fork to be so much more plush in the initial part of the stroke um, but still not feel like dead or mushy. And so, um, there's, yeah, there's a lot there. There's so much more coming in suspension. Um, yeah. And there, and there will be, you know, now mountain bikes have electronic suspension mm-hmm. and, you know, and it kind of adjusts what they call pedaling platform for the most part. I think it does. It's not like active, like you're riding and it knows, Oh, Hey, hey we're, you know, we're on different kind of terrain or anything, but, um, that stuff's, that stuff's coming and all it takes is a, a USB cord and a, 12 volt battery so next um jeff wade 50 full wrap hand guards for general trail and desert riding year nay for desert riding i like full wrap hand guards i have no problem with them i mean i grew up racing with them all the time i was always scared in the beginning you know, as a moto guy going to off-road and i'm like oh my god my hand's gonna fall through there and i'm gonna break my wrist i mean this is like the big fear you know never had it happen um but it they protect your levers you know that's 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 kind of that's the advantage of them if you're so if you're not scared of them uh, i don't i don't see it as being a, a big problem i run them on quite a bit of my bikes especially our students or rental bikes it's kind of helpful there yeah. you know they tend to just just for the little tip overs and stuff it protects stuff um i was never one of those guys that was using my full wrap hand guards to quote hit things and I always liked there was a lot of companies and they really tried hard to make really stiff flag style handguards. There was some companies that had carbon fiber blades in there and ones that were robustly mounted to the handlebars and uh, you know some that folded and did all these different things. Um, but it's sort of a personal choice. I, I use them mostly to protect the levers in case of a fall. Um, and then the other thing they're really good at is in the winter, I can wrap those elephant ear handguards around them. And that, you know, when I'm going fast, because you know I'm usually on a uh, Husaberg and you know tapping on breaking the sound barrier, and 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 at that speed, the aerodynamics come into play, and it'll push the handguards back into the clutch and brake lever, and you don't want to do this. I I know you've never experienced this before, going that fast, where you're going so fast that the wind pushes on your handguards, and it pushes both the clutch and the front brake at the same time, which is no good. I've had that. I was on a KTM, surprisingly. Well, because they're so fast. I, I yeah. don't know. Uh, Yamaha's no way. Can't do that. I will say uh, I was at the GNCC a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. And you'd no, think... None, well, of the, none of those guys run them. You'd think most of the guys would run wraparounds, but a lot of them don't. Yeah. But uh, I know the Coastal Gas Gas team, which I rode their bike, um, they just got some new Enduro engineering handguard mounts. And so for like, the KTMs and stuff, they mount to the brake and clutch perches. And then it's like an aluminum end, and you like you drill holes into your handguard, and you bolt it to the 
enduro engineering mount. So it's like a wraparound strength up front, but it's not the full wraparound. But it doesn't go all the way around. Yeah, huh. and they, it bends and twists a little bit. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. You got something to test? No, but I will. Uh, it'll be on dirtbiketest.com soon. Okay, all the information. Yes. Got it. It's your job. Yes. And if you, if you would work on as the Ministry of Advertising, you'd get money, you know. Maybe they will after yeah. they see it. You have to pay my, me my royalties first. <laughs> okay. What's next, Logan? Um, Michael Frederick. Frederick. What are your thoughts on the Takamoto ECU for the Husqvarna 300 TPI? Um, so I don't know because I have not ridden it. Um, my experience so far with which ECU was it? Did you say which it was just the Takamoto one? So, so I think, I think the only company that's making those right now is, uh, the get. So the Athena get one, I have ridden a client's bike that had that system, but it also relocated the fuel injector into the intake manifold off of the transfer ports so and i asked i you know i i saw this stuff and i'm like wow what's i thought he converted a, a carbureted bike to fuel injected this is what i thought when i saw it i'm like oh did you convert it? he goes no no i it's the fuel injector one i just modified it and i'm like well, why'd you do that and he said i wanted more power <laughs> i'm like did you get it he's like yeah and so i had to ride it and i didn't i didn't um i didn't achieve that uh, same result it it felt like a eh, not so well jetted carburetor is what i went back to what you did get was you got carburetor like throttle response which went boom wah. you know it, it was like a carbureted two-stroke versus a fuel injected two-stroke and granted this is a personal trait and preference some people like that snap or that pop and other people think the new ktms and gas gases in Huskies are too smooth and too, too, uh, so, uh, whatever. But I don't, I, I, until I ride it and know exactly what it is, I, I still have not found that most of these, um, ECU conversions are better at drivability or rideability, but they do make more power. So be very careful that you understand what I just said there. They make more power or they feel like they make more power, especially to people that, can't really feel it. Those people usually like to look at a dyno chart. But as far as rideability and drivability, I think the stock stuff is still really good and hard hard to beat. And I'm not just saying that. I I, I know that this is I know that this is the case and and I would find that if you're thinking about this, I would say at any point when you're riding, this is this is a nugget for tonight. At any point when you're riding, when you want more power, because that's what you really want. Turn the throttle farther. It usually works. You will get more power, and you don't have to send anybody money. But when you start turning the throttle farther and you realize you don't have the power that you wanted, then we can have a discussion about how to get more at that point. I mean, you can get more at that RPM level, but if you want more power, you just turn the throttle, and then all of a sudden you get an increase in power. It's amazing. It works almost every time. I've rarely found somebody that's like really wide open and at peak RPM and saying, man, I need more. Like you think about it, it's usually at that point your tire's spinning and you're looking for better traction. Then we can talk about tires. So, um, is that is that we answered? Do we answer that question? Um. Yeah. Does that does that technique work for you, Logan? What? Twisting the throttle farther. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. I've got a question for you, Jimmy. Okay. On carbs versus uh, TPI. Mm -hmm. Do you think it would be beneficial for a company like Gas Gas, who's supposed to be the less expensive option of the KTM brands, to be have their off-road bikes carbureted versus having the TPI systems? The gas, there the, seems to be the gas gas is the best fuel injected KTM you can buy. There's something different in it. I noticed this when I rode their EC300 or something, and it may have been something in the power valve. Careful with that tapping, and we're hearing that over here. Um, I noticed there was something different, and I don't know, like if it was a power valve or if it was something in the in the program, but the gas gas was the best one. Um, I, did you notice that the Yam, when Yamaha released their YZ125 info, did you see what they called the carburetor? Something special. It was, it was like a throttle position sensor or something. But like it was too. it was a something something Kian. Like it's being produced. I don't think Kian is produced. I don't think Kian is producing carburetors anymore. That's probably been outsourced. They they probably somehow Yamaha said we need carburetors. This is the problem. You can't get carburetors anymore. Try to buy one. Like. I'm actually buying knockoff Chinese FCR carburetors that have been tuned by a guy that knows what he's doing. He's taking the the the, the Chinese one and putting the good parts in it out of out of older Kian ones, then in replacing the parts and you know making them work. But I I I don't think that you're going to save that much money right now by going to a carburetor. It's the electronics are getting cheaper and cheaper, and the parts are cheaper and cheaper, and it's it's honestly it's better. And if if it's really a problem in the performance, if you want your fuel injected bike to run like a carbureted bike, I guarantee you that there's tuners that could that could do this. You could achieve the carbureted feel, but you'd be sort of defeating the purpose of you know. I remember early four strokes when we went fuel injected. Everybody's like, these things are no good. These things are crap because they don't have they they lose power. And then he realizes like what you thought was power. This what which is what a carburetor does. It takes a while for it to figure itself out. That's not power. That's a delay. And we all learned how to ride with that delay, and we expected it. But all of a sudden, you got instant throttle response, and it's like, ooh, I, I, I don't know. And But so you turn the throttle a little bit farther, and if you did the same thing on a carburetor, you would get a bog. But now you turn a little bit farther, and it's kind of smooth. You know, and you're like, oh, what, what, well, I don't, I don't know. So I don't, I'm not sure. I... I I think on the cost-cutting side of things, I don't know that uh, it's cheap. What what I say, Bob? Nothing, sorry. I didn't say Hoosenberg. There's no Hoos. That's the Hoos. Oh, you fell asleep and your head hit that bell. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. I wasn't paying attention. Okay, does that, is, did I answer the question? We good? Sure. I don't know. I just, I know a lot of people that want carbureted, carbureted KTM, new KTMs, but they can't really get them, at least not in the off-road model with electric start you, and stuff. So, Trevor, here's so. what you need to do. That's a good business idea. You need to you need to find out where you can get carburetors made, because you could take the fuel injection crap off, drill a hole, put a petcock in the carburetor, <laughs> run it through a stinking thing. I bet you it would work. I bet you you could turn a fuel injected bike into a carbureted bike for all those guys. I know I could. With your set of tools, I could. Let's. Except they couldn't get a sticker. Let's let's make one. Let's let's. Dude, let's make this a project. Let's let's convert let's convert a fuel injected bike into a carburetor. I mean, I totally agree with you. I know there's guys that that want to do this. I would hate to do it, but George, let's get George's bike. Don't tell George. <laughs> George's. We'll get George's KTM. 
and uh, and we'll bring it back here. Hey, Brian Horton's on the on the line. I see him there. He's a diesel mechanic. Somebody made jokes about diesel mechanics. He made the joke about diesel. Oh, he mechanic. did. It's right here. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Because <laughs> he says they're not that smart. He said they have short attention spans. Short attention spans. That's yeah. code word from not that smart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a short attention span. I was going to say, are you a diesel mechanic? Uh, can be. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, another question, Logan? We're going we're um, to start wrapping this thing up. Man, we, there's 23 people still watching this thing on Facebook? Yes. We, we actually just went up to 57 total over all our podcasts. Oh, it's because everybody's going to bed. Like Bob over there. Head <laughs> falling on the bell. <laughs> So, okay, uh, next. Um, Curly Stoker. My buddy was testing those handguards you guys were talking about, the ones that mount to the brake and clutch mounts. The fall, the downfall was he downed failed. It broke the perch on his clutch, which is the one piece, which is one piece to the entire system. That was a $200 perch, obviously over-tightened, and could have should have have but that that is our experience with the one system with that system as of one week ago it makes sense i mean if you're that's when i heard him say it attaches somehow to the perch i get a little bit worried there because that you know mm-hmm. it's a you know there's a reason why they clamp stuff to the bars and different things i remember the ones that were really robust actually had a like a, a and not just a two bolt there's a four bolt pinch on the handlebars and the reason that those were difficult because there's not enough room up there on most handlebars. That's there, the problem, yeah. there's, you're running out of real estate up there. You know, this starting a kill button, all these different things to to put up there. But um, yeah, I, I mean, though, there's there's always it, that's been an ongoing thing. I mean, it goes back to like you know the old lowjacks and the and the hair scrambles and GNCCs. These guys would just not run handguards, and they were just. I mean, I'm sure their fingers are all gnarled and, and mangled, and you hear about this, and then you see Scott Summers running a 26-inch wide bar, like an old-school mountain bike bar with a, a a tank trap as a as a as a bark busters. I mean, his his stuff was just he would just smash things, and so there's just different ways of doing doing things. And I'm frankly blown away by how those guys are going through the trees, and I know it's kind of quad width and stuff, but you're still trying to cut turns, yeah. and and there's there's trees on the side, and the the ones that are really amazing are the the guys going through the tighter national enduro trees, how fast those guys are going. And a lot of them are same thing, running brush guards, not wraparound hand guards. And I don't know what the, the, the bar went with is it actually some, some guy that's somebody that's totally into that series should walk all the double a riders and measure the bar widths and just publish them. That would be a very interesting, like if I were a editor of a, of a, a, a very well renowned, um, dirt bike, uh, testing slash information site or something like Imagine if I was in charge of dirt bike test, I would assign one of my lemmings to to go do that, and we would make a story out of it. Someone's paying. I'll go. I thought somebody paid for you to go to the GNCC. They did. Yeah, did you didn't take a tape measure? I did not. I forgot. <laughs> I would have done it. If I forgot it. Yeah, I found out too late. Yeah. Okay, next question, Logan. Um, that's it. That's there's it. More. There's one more. On oh, there. there's, there's one more. Yeah. On the. On the Google Doc, yeah. What's your guys' oh. thoughts on electron carbs on four strokes? Yeah. They still make them? <laughs> um, well, back in the day, if you went through bumps, they bogged, but I have not ridden one for a long, long time, so I can't really comment on them. I know on the two strokes, they – so they're – okay, there's our way to get a carburetor. That's how we're going to get the carburetor for George's TPI bike that he doesn't know we're going to do. Actually, Jim has one. My other coach, Jim, has one. 
and he doesn't read the internets or anything like that, so he wouldn't have any idea we're talking about doing this right now. So, but he he might his, his Tony side of him might come out. That's like he might lynch you, it, or you just end up someplace else. It, it's cement boots they call them. Yeah, cement boots. Uh, so I don't know about the electron carbs on the four strokes. Um, I've just been like I said, I've just been buying the. Uh, I haven't been buying. I've got one. I need to actually do a full proper test on it. Um, and Logan the other day, what'd you what'd you learn? Like you didn't learn anything today, which means today was a waste of life. Yeah, kind of. But okay. I learned a lot yesterday. So you you were letting it soak in today. You're like yeah. absorbing it. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yesterday, what did you learn about when? Okay, the bike that. What, the bike idled, kept idling high. Why was this? It was the the cable was bent the wrong way. Right. So it's funny because I was like, I'm like a magician. And every bike that Logan had, a this bike doesn't start. And I walk up and I push the button and it starts. Yep. And I know that they're just scared of me. Like I, I have a way of just infuriating inanimate objects and scaring them into submission. So it's it's I don't know what it is, but it works. And you just got to walk up with this this mentality that that you just walk up and I don't even say nothing. Just just give it a look, the bike, and it just knows it's like fuck. I'm gonna start now. I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna take this crap. So, but anyways, I walk up, push the start button, and it starts. I'm like Logan, what? He says it doesn't idle high, and I'm like, okay. So I start twisting the throttle. I shut the bike off. I start doing full pulls of the throttle because it's sticky. What is it? And then I just start going down the line. It's like a deductive reasoning thing. It's like okay, if this, then that. If this, then that. And so. So I'm like, this is kind of weird, it, it, but it, and you're, he, he's looking at me like I'm crazy because it just started up and it's idling and I'm revving yeah, it. it and was fine. It idles back down. It's fine. And then I go, okay, well, if it's not something, it's working now, it's something else. So I take the throttle cables and I start bending them because mm-hmm. they, they move around. I bend them and all of a sudden idle goes up. Yes. So he obviously had the bars cocked in a funny way or the, the cables had got pinched. On KTMs, they run kind of behind the bar and go down to the to, by the gas tank and somehow it got a little cattywampus and when the bar was in that position sure it idled up and it wouldn't idle back down you couldn't shut it back down so it's like hey we have to we have to fix this and then the other interesting thing is when bikes go on reserve when the bike is on the kickstand yeah gas goes even if it's just right above the reserve level gas Mm -hmm. goes in but then you stand it up it shortly runs out of gas yeah yeah so what makes a motor run three things gas spark and air Right. Yep. So just that's what you need to know. And on that note, we're done with questions. Hey, thanks, everybody, for joining in. It was really good to see some old uh, friends out there. I'm sorry if I butchered your stories. Um, I'm relying on – I'll blame it on you. I'm relying on all the knowledge you gave me as a young up-and-coming whippersnapper. So hopefully these clowns here butcher my stories as they get older and they pick on the younger generation. I already do butcher them. Right. We're going to work on this. (laughs) So (laughs) – um, get us some sponsors, Trevor. Yeah, Logan. No, no Logan. So here's what we're going to do with Logan. I'm we have a this segment. We have to, no, it's not a fake sponsor is we're going to really try. We're, I hope some good will come out this. We're going to call yeah. these companies that tell us how they're going to mega market us and, and do all the, it's, it's some kid that, that got some, he got an email list or something. Cause there's one guy that was really stoked on one of our t-shirts he was stoked on our T-shirt page and said this page could make us millions. Maybe and I, it could. Well, I know that's why we're going to have Logan reach out to him. So, but Logan has to come in here. Um, 
during the a.m. or p.m. Mm. at some point. He has to come in here. We have to sit down and we have to kind of go through the little the thing. And then we'll have these little videos for all you guys. So um, Logan learns something every day. Mm. And uh, if John gets thrown in jail, bail him out and tell him I need to talk to him. Yeah. Right? Hope your dad's all good. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, good. Matt? Yep. Good job. Thank you. I'm glad you guys are uh, here. Keep me in line. Yeah, and to the chat, just uh, let me know how I'm doing on the camera work because I am learning this as we go along. Right. It might be a little jumpy, and uh, I caught myself a couple times uh, clicking the wrong button and then clicking back, but... Yeah, just uh, send emails to uh, um, jimmy at dirtbiketest.com. I'll take care of it. <laughs> and uh, Bob, wake up. End of the show. What? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So um, next next time, um, make sure you get here early. Deliver the tacos. We're having tacos at next Tech Talk Taco. Are we, are we here next week? I am not. You're not here. I'm not. I'm racing. <laughs> Where? Mountain bikes. Oh. The fun cycles. Okay, so it's just me and you, Logan. So you, yeah. you have your Logan and, and, and uh, Matt's hot minute segment. What was what would you have planned for that? I would just figure that out. I had no yeah, I didn't know if we were actually doing that or not. So So you didn't have it planned. I didn't have that, it planned, no. That that sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so Logan, do you have any parting words for everybody? Um. <laughs> um. Um. I say um a lot. Yeah. And I. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's good. Good radio. Okay. With okay. that, we'll uh, see you on the trail, guys. Thanks a lot. Cheers. sell you the parts that you might need to get your especially KTM or Husky dual sport bike uh, running like a champ. Anyways, it's tacomoto.co.